Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out. Hi, right, Jeremy Kipp. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you doing? All good, Brett. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. I saw you on the pool deck yesterday, uh, but... Yeah, long time to see. <laughs> Listen, um, congratulations on the new position as head coach at uh, USC, man. It's a pretty, pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it's a dream come true, to be honest. I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal for myself, my family, but uh, obviously my career and everything. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier, prouder and, you know, more ready to go than ever. Yeah. Well, I want to spend this time to kind of um, get to know you a little bit for the people that don't and, you know, maybe talk, where the program's at, you know, recruiting, all that type of stuff. We'll get into all that. But just in terms of just your story, where did it begin for you uh, in the swimming world? Uh, there's a little, uh, there used to be a summer, well, there still is a summer rec league in Pennsylvania and uh, the Delaware County known as Delco. I started swimming when I was, uh, I actually wanted to go off the diving boards when I was in the summer like rec league, right? And in order to go off the diving boards, you had to pass a swim test. Right. So I think I was about seven years old and my mom said, all right, you want to go off the dive board? You got to teach yourself how to swim in the shallow end. And so a couple of days in, I went up to the uh, pool manager and said, I'm ready for my swim test. And you had to swim like half the pool. So it was, it's a 26 meter pool. It was a 26 meter by 50 meter L mm. in Glen Old in Pennsylvania. And uh, you had to swim down to the rope and swim back. And then you had to tread water for, uh, for a minute. Right. And then you could, you could get your little club card punched and you could go off the diving boards. <laughs> and so I did it. And then uh, the, the manager was also the swim coach, right? There were two guys. Um, so they did that the summer rec league. And um, we, uh, they, like, that, like that day they came with my mom, you know, because everybody knew each other. I said, hey, what about Jeremy doing the summer rec league swim team? Like, why don't you think about it? Like, he just, you know, he's found at 25. And like, sure. So my mom signed me up. We would uh, – I'll never forget my first practice. You walk into Glen Olden and um, it was a 25 meter pool. All the big kids were practicing and like, all right, this is where we're going to practice. So I just got up on the block and I just dove in. I just started swimming right in the middle of the practice. <laughs> like, no, no, the eight unders are down here. And so they had to like pull me out. Like, no, the eight unders are down the shallow end. And uh, that was it. I was hooked. Summer rec league in Pennsylvania. Uh, you would have five meets every Saturday, you know, and then uh, it culminated in it. You had a league, like a division championship, right? So there are three divisions, A, B, and C. And then you had a uh, you had your championship on a Saturday, and then they had the all league championship, the media champions, on a Sunday. And uh, that's how I got involved in it. I just, you know, and then um, there's some of the club teams in the area would actually come to the media champions, as it's known, and they would start like handing out flyers, like, hey, if you're interested in, you know, doing this year round, like, you know, we have this one, this one. I started with a small club in Wallingford, Swarthmore, and then uh, eventually that club kind of folded. I just moved on to Suburban Seahawks for my last two years in high school. So that yeah, was just summer rec league. 100 IM, the kids would do 25s and 50s. It was great. It's a lot of fun. That's it, man. It's just the swimming gets you hooked. I don't know. It, uh, do, you, do you think it's just, um, you know, we were just born to do it in, in that sense? Because, I mean, you've got so many choices as a kid to do certain things, but I, I kind of like listening to your story. Like that's kind of the way it went for me in, in terms of just like, as soon as I did it, I was like, oh man, this is it. Like, I feel, I feel great doing this. This is, I'm, I'm passionate about this, you know? Yeah. I think you have to have a calling because as a coach, you see so many kids who do it for the first time or, 
you get into it and you can just immediately see it's just not for them. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's, um, cause it can be hard. It can be arduous. The meets are fun and everything, but you're cold, you know, and I think you do have to have somewhat of a calling for it. And I, I think it's really, I, that's where I think the age group coaches and your first coaches are so important, you know, having fun, instilling that confidence, but also the learning, the value of team and, and how that all plays in. And, um, but I do, I do think it's like you, you, I think you're drawn to it early on as a kid. And all of that really translates all the way through your career. I mean, from the, the, the reason why you started and the reason why you love it. I mean, that still has to be the same for when you turn up at USC as a freshman, you've got to have that same passion, that same love and, and that willingness to be part of a team, right? Yeah, you have. And it was funny because, um, you know, coming out of the uh, coming out of this, you know, the COVID break, it was really long here in L.A. County. You know, some, some of the athletes, everybody had six, seven months off, you know, longest break they've ever had. And, you know, coming back was such a which is such a tall order. Right. And uh, we were having a practice, I think, two days ago. And, and uh, one of our, you know, Lee Maurer was like she was watching the kids faces. You look, there's a lot of smiles like look. And we were we were doing a kind of a suited up practice and they were having fun again and they were into it being competitive. And, um, that's, that's when you really see it, the, the kids buying in, but just also being excited about going fast and, and just doing it again for the love and for the passion. Right. And, and not, you know, not just doing this workout cause I have to, but you know, you get to do a workout now and you, you get to swim. And, and, um, so that, that is, and that's a challenge, right? I think every time, every college, a kid right now, you, we just finished finals last week. And, um, you know, that's that time around Thanksgiving or around the winter holiday where you just, you can see it get really hard for the freshmen, right? Cause it's the first time that they've probably been away from home and training is ramping up. And, um, you know, the weight coach is telling them they can go harder and the swim coach in the pool is telling them they can go harder and upperclassmen are telling them, you know, come on, let's go. And, yeah. So it, it's, uh, that's where you have to dig deep and find your passion. You have to remind the kids like, all right, what do you love about swing? What do you love about this? Cause if you love, if you love what you do, right. It's, it's easy to keep doing what you're doing. Well, how'd you go from swimming to coaching? That, that's a, always an interesting story. Like why, why did you want to go from being in the pool to being on the pool deck and, and mentoring athletes? It's funny. I, um, I don't know if you ever crossed paths with Ira Klein when you were at Auburn. I don't know mm -hmm. if you knew Ira at all. I, I know Ira. Yeah. I know Ira. Um, I had actually, uh, my sister was living out in California and I'd started beach lifeguarding. I, I, uh, was going to school to division two school, Bloomsburg university in Pennsylvania. And, um, my sister was kind of homesick. She's like, Hey, why don't you come out and spend the summer with me? And so I got a job as a beach lifeguard in Santa Barbara. Hmm. and when I I'm a Philly kid the first time you land in Santa Barbara I don't know if you've been there yet since you've been on the west coast it's it's just beautiful place I mean it's it's like the Mediterranean yeah. and from a kid from Philly you're like I, this place exists are you kidding me like I you know so I started swimming with Ira a little bit in the summers and um, I just kind of got uh, involved with the Santa Barbara Swim Club early on and as I was lifeguarding I kept kind of rising up the ranks and as I was finishing college, I had in my mind, like a lot of lifeguards in California is like, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to go to paramedic school. I'm going to be a firefighter, lifeguard, um, go full-time for firefighting. And, um, it was Ira actually, uh, when I grad, I graduated in December and I was still in Pennsylvania. So I flew out, was living in Santa Barbara in January. Cause at the time I was going to be uh, in charge of the beaches for the summer. I was going to be the supervisor for the beaches. And this is the time during Baywatch. I don't remember like the, the lifeguard truck. Being a, being a lifeguard was like 
the best thing on the planet, yeah. um, especially as an aquatic guy, as a, as a waterman, right? And um, I was doing lifeguard competitions, and it was just so much fun. And and uh, Ira actually is like, yeah, you know, I need a, a master's coach. I need an age group coach. Like, can you help me out here? I know you're, you know, you're working in the summer, but would you be willing to kind of, you know, come on? And and um, I started coaching, and I remember I was coaching a morning practice, and we were having a good set. I think it was like a master's practice too, and I was. I was just getting into it. I could feel like the kind of competitive, you know, juices start flowing and, and just these swimmers were just giving it their all. And I just got so amped up by that. And I was kind of leaning over yelling and cheering, telling them to kick and Ira came in and um, you know, he, he kind of took it upon himself. He's like, you know, it seems like you really love coaching. You know, it's like, you, like when you're on deck and we are with the kids, like you just, it seems like you're really into it. And I think at the time I was like, well, yeah, I mean, this is how I got into swimming, great coaches, good people, you know, really just excited you're there. And he's like, you know, have you ever thought about being a swim coach? And at the time I was like, no, no way, Ira. Like, I don't think that's for me. And he's like, I, I think you'd really enjoy it. You know, and I was like, well, I'm going to be a fireman or I'm going to be this, you know, he's like, don't do that. You know, I don't know. They make a pretty good living. And, and Ira was one of the first guys too, as a businessman, I was like, you know, you can make a good living as a swimming coach. Mm. This, this is a career. This is a profession. It's hard, but like any, any job, you know, you got to put the time in, you got to pay your dues and you, you can, you can make this a really uh, meaningful life. So I really, really thank Ira. And it was funny because I was, I was coaching with the club. Ira mentioned to me like, Hey, Santa Barbara has a job opening. We're looking for a part-time assistant. And I was like, all right, I don't know. I was a division two swimmer, like these guys, division one. And I knew Greg Wilson was the head coach at the time. I trained with some of their guys in the summertime and in a lifeguard with a lot of those guys. And um, it's like, you know, I don't know if, you know, he's like, no, trust me. He's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, you can do this. And uh, so he talked me and he talked Greg and interviewing me. And um, that was it. So I went from like club coaching and masters right into college. I was 22 when I started at Santa Barbara. There were guys on the team older than me, you know, and, and, uh, Greg, I, I was fortunate. I had Ira as a mentor and then I had Greg as a mentor and, uh, you know, Greg at the time had been coaching for 25 years already. You know, he had taken Santa Barbara from a division two team to one of the perennial, like, um, you know, big West champions, mid-major and a lot of great swimmers coming, you know, Lee Zach had come through there, you know, Rich Schroeder, and they had some really great swimmers come through. So, I was just kind of like, and I started working for Greg and Greg kind of, he started taking that into, okay, this is what college coaching about recruiting. And, you know, it's a family endeavor. So you started that at 22 and now 22 years later, you're the, the head coach at USC. So you've been, you've been coaching that whole lifetime. Now you've got I know. tons That's of crazy. experience. I, yeah. I just did. I, you started adding that up. I was like, Oh my God, I, yeah, I just did the okay, math on yeah. that. It'd be when coaching. I started, now I put in a whole other lifetime. Yeah, a whole another lifetime, man. So yeah. it, so that well, that brings me to another point that we can also touch on later as well. But it, it's frustrating when you hear other coaches say, as as the head coach now, like you got to prove yourself. Like, man, you've been doing this for twenty two years. That again, that's a whole lifetime. You've had some incredible experience as a coach. You've had obviously a lot of highs and lows, and you've had um, incredible mentors. To tell me about some of your mentors other than Ira that have got you to this point that you've learned a great deal from. Well, Greg Wilson, number one, was uh, he was a big factor in my life. You know, he like I said, he'd been coaching for 25 years. He's in the Hall of Fame now. 
And, um, you know, at the time, I think the Santa Barbara men had won, you know, you know, 20 consecutive big West championships. And he had some world-class swimmers coming through, you know, but Santa Barbara was always like, you had to be always recruiting, right. Cause, um, especially like Santa Barbara was such a draw in state. Um, but if a kid popped off really fast, right. Like you were going to be recruiting a kid and you knew about this diamond in the rough, um, you know, if, if a kid went really fast, USC was going to call him or Cal was going to call him, Stanford was going to call him. And now all of a sudden you become in this tug of war with these, you know, the, the powers. Right. Hmm. And, you know, you, you lose more battles than you'd win there every time, you know, yeah. um, you know, and I, I'll never forget, we got one guy, uh, Pat Carey. Uh, he was a guy who came out of Orange County and uh, he was a surfer, really good swimmer and polo player. And he, um, he was going to go to Arizona. We talked him into going to Santa Barbara because he's a really good surfer. We have a couple surf breaks there. And uh, we put him on the national team. I put him on the national team in the 200 meter fly. He went 159, you know, I think in 2006, made the Pan Am games. And um, it was, we were a development pro. We were all about just developing our kids, turning them into really good division one swimmers. And I think in the club coaches that you really recruit from, they see that, right? I mean, you have a lot of these, these, these club coaches have been coaching for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and there's a lot of Johnny come lately's, but they really pay attention to where their swimmers go and, and how they develop and the relationship they have. And I think that was one thing we did a really good job of. And that was really important to us because if we sent you home for Christmas, not only were you going to be in great shape, uh, ready to go, but you were going to show up to practice and you were going to be an example to the kids of what a college swimmer should be like coming home. Yeah. Right. And I think that was, that was Greg, you know, that was Greg kind of beating that into us and that just became part of the mantra. It was a winning program. We were doing it like on no budget. You know, we were, we were out there. I was like sawing fins. Like we, we bought like these fins and we wanted to make them shorter, like a zoomer. So we were, I'm out there with like a table saw sawing fins and, <laughs> uh, powder coating our own power. I was actually just talking to Greg the other day and, um, we talk about powder coating and now Macedo, Matt Macedo's there is a good friend of mine. And, you know, it's, that's the battle, right? You, you gotta be a great coach and really develop your talent, but the club coaches and people in the sport, I think who are paying attention, not just the last year, not just the last three seasons or what you did. I think the people who really in this business who are in it for the long run, really pay attention. And I think that's where, when you're at nationals, when you keep showing up on nationals um, every, every year and you get familiar with a lot of the great coaches, right? Um, you know, I was at a, uh, in Des Moines, I think last, last year, and this before I took the job and I uh, was there with some swimmers. Um, and, you know, I was one of the only head coaches from a division one program, actually there with my athletes in Des Moines for this Grand Prix, you know, trying to make the Olympics. Mm. And uh, I had a club cut, really, really well-known coach. Like, Hey, he's like, you know, when you're recruiting, you make sure you tell people like, I'm going to be the coach with you in Des Moines, you know, and like, I'm going to go with you to these meets. I'm not just going to go to you with world champs or Olympics. Like, cause he was just really impressed. That was there. He's like, I'm really impressed. Cause you're in the middle of your college season. It was between the conference and the NC two A's. He's like, you know, it's like, I, I think people need to know that. And I was like, well, that's not something I really talk about, but it was something that uh, I think the, the, to your point about 22 years, I just feel like, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people know the business and, you know, I, I think kind of can see the development and see the uh, relationship I have with the athletes, you know? 
Yeah. There's always, there's a lot of tough balances in, in college swimming too, you know, in making those choices, like deciding like, okay, I've got to leave the program for the, the kids that are back home training and then go to a meet with, with kids that are trying to, um, you know, swim at a, a, a certain time to get a cut and stuff like that. How do you, how do you go about making those decisions and, and those choices? Well, it was, I think a lot of it, you going back to your mentoring point, right? I mean, I think, having good head coaches who leave you in charge, right? Like uh, Greg, for example, was a family man. He had uh, two, uh, two daughters that went to Cal, son played polo at Davis. And there'd be times when maybe his son had a water polo match um, in, in November. It says, I, I want to go see my son play. You guys are in charge for the weekend. I had another great assistant coach, Andy Basher and some other ones. And he would just say, okay, you know, I, I always joke with my assistants. I always leave. It's like, all right, I got to go do this do not mess this up, you know, or don't do something. And it's, um, yeah. they, they kind of, it becomes kind of a, Hey, don't mess this up while I'm gone, but you got to trust your assistants. And I think that started with Ira where he would let me run groups. He would let me, you know, take his national group from time to time or let me run the dry land. And he wouldn't really have too much to say. Um, or Greg would leave me in charge of the team. And, and, uh, you know, even my, even as an assistant at uh, USC, you know, Dave would do that too. He, you know, go to world champs or whatever. And, um, you know, you, you got to leave someone behind. And, um, I think that's where you develop your assistant coaches, you empower them. Um, and like you, you kind of put a lot of, not a pressure on them, but you give them the keys to the vet, so to speak. And yeah. say, Hey, don't scratch it while I'm gone. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, and then that's where the planning comes in with your, with your athletes, but also with your staff is, you know, we have a two-year calendar, and, um, you know, I've got a wife, I've got two little boys, eight and 10, and uh, my wife's a full-time teacher and teaching in the pandemic is like, like a nightmare, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a nonstop job. And, um, you know, like I always joke with people, it's like, you know, when I get home, like my job really starts, you know, I'm a dad and like, I'm a husband and you have to balance that family life. So you have to really be on top of, you've got a lot of, have a lot of faith in the people that you hire, you know, yeah. and, and the people that you work with. Yeah. Well, it's interesting as you sit there and talk, I'm looking in the background too of some of the superstars that have, have competed for your school. Um, maybe in some of them you've had a, a chance to, to coach at times, but um, why would you want to take on uh, a program like this? I mean, there are, there's some certain programs around uh, the country where they're synonymous around the world, really, you know, it's right. like there's, there's, there's the, the top jobs, there's the, the big name programs, obviously because of the superstars that come through the programs and what they're known for. So why would, why do you think you'd want to take on a position like this that comes with a lot of scrutiny and a lot of expectation, right? You know, it, it, yeah. And it, it's funny, like I, you know, I have a lot of mentors, a lot of good friends and uh, you know, in the interview prior in the whole process, I, I asked a couple of people, like, am I crazy for wanting to do this? You know, it's like, you're, you're looking at like Everest or whatever. And yeah, and you're at the, and you're like, am I, am I crazy? And, and, uh, and there are p people who are close to you say, yeah, this is a tough job. And especially, you know, the history, you know, the expectations, but one of the things that made it really easy was because of guys like Lenny, Eric, you know, Katinka, I mean, there's people like, you know, Reb is on my wall and, yeah. um, but there's other generations, John neighbor and Bruce, and there's all these guys that I actually got to know as an assistant coach. Mm. And, um, when I took the job at Boise State, I, I, I had called on a couple of favors with Pat Hayden, who was the athletic director at the time. I, and my way out, I said, remember, you're a Trojan for life. You gave us eight years. You know, don't ever forget those eight years. And, you know, you know, you always have a home here. And that 
that Trojan family, that, that kind of aspect with the alums and even guys that I got to coach directly, but people that were associated like Eric, uh, Eric Vent behind me, right. Um, was a great example of a guy who he didn't really know me, but when he would come in and um, you know, I started coaching SC kind of at the end of his career, but they're always watching the program and mm -hmm. um, they always thought that we were doing really well. And they're just really happy that there was that connection. So I, I think that there's always an ego part of like, can you do it? Right. I mean, honestly, as a coach, like you're like, all right, can I do it? And I don't think anyone really knows until you try, right. It's just like swimming or you, you know, you, you get in the final and you put yourself out there. Right. And it's like, are we scared? Yeah. You're all scared, you know, or you're all have your hesitations and your reservations. And, um, you know, I think it's that, it's that stepping into the, the spotlight, you know, where you really find out what you're made of, you know, yeah. and I think, you'll never know, you know, you'll never know how good you are or, you know, what you can do until you step into that spotlight or you take that risk where I don't feel like it's all or nothing, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I've got, I've got my family, well, we're all in, you know, and, and our, and our um, chips are down. So, but again, guys like Lenny and Katink, I mean, they just, they, um, they're supportive too, you know, it's, they want, they want the team to be really good. And uh, that's the goal here is to just, just be really good. So, I, you know, and I love Southern California too, Brad. I love SC. I love Southern California. And you know, I've got sisters here. I've got family here now. And I grew up in the East coast and, but this is home now. I've got, you know, my, my, a lot of my friends and family are all here now. So this to me is home. This, this has always felt like um, I just fit and um, it makes a lot of sense for me personally. We still got a young face. You don't have any gray hair yet. You've got, you've got the demeanor to be able to handle the pressure. It seems like, so that's a good thing. I may, but I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not realizing it, you know, as a, I remember I walked in and um, I had, there's a couple of coaches still here and it's only been five years. And they're like, you've been a head coach for, I was like, you don't have any gray hair. And like, you don't like, kind of like, you still look young. I was like, Maybe I'm just not uh, thinking about it. <laughs> thinking about it a little harder. I don't know. Perfect. You may be perfect for the job then. That's it. Yeah, right. Just uh, in terms of your let, – let's get into kind of the nuts and bolts of it a little bit. Um, it's tough to be the head coach – for 60 athletes, you know, you got 30 men, 30 women, everybody wants you to have an impact on their performance. They want you as their coach, their primary coach. I mean, a lot of the time when you're recruiting, you're, you're talking about you as the head coach. So when they come in, they want a piece of you and they want to be, they want to be connected to you, but how do you connect with 60 athletes? How do you manage that? Um, I struggle with that at Auburn, to be quite honest, it was, it's really difficult when you're the head coach of really you're the head coach of two teams. They say USC, but it's really the men and the women. Right. And you, you do go to different um, NCAA championships. So again, you're, you're balancing two different teams. So how are you the head coach of two teams and how do you manage being able to connect with all the athletes? That's a good one. You know, you, you have to be able to one um, I think or, you have to be really organized. You've got to have a great staff, right. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have, I'm really big into collaboration and, and we're like, I, and, and so in training and things like that, like um, this morning we had, like I was coaching the hundred freestylers. Uh, Maurer was coaching the 200 stroke. Uh, Chase and Kevin were coaching the hundred stroke and, and Megan had the distance freestylers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that practice, we all had our own practices and everything, but really the week before we start planning, all right, this is what, you know, we're, we're not in finals. We're done school right now. So we have almost unlimited training time. So um, it starts with just 
organization of the course, right? All right, we're going to go short course, long course, long course, short course, long course, short course. That's going to be the flow of the week, right? So um, this is how we're going to start. And these are the, these are the different training groups I think we need to hit. And then, then you have to have assistant coach. Like uh, uh, Lee was really great at this. Like basically each athlete goes, okay. um, You know, Gemma, who's one of our best hunter flyers sprinters goes, you know, she's basically dotting in. It's like, okay, she's going to go mid free sprint fly, power free sprint fly. Um, and we're, you have all these coaches really dialing in. So um, one of the to answer your question is one of the things that I think I really try to do. And what we do as a staff is make sure that as a staff, like we have every kid dialed in, like, mm-hmm. we know where every kid is going to be. Some of the guys, right. It's, it's a little easier. If you have a true 50, hundred guy, I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to vary too much. They're going to be more mm-hmm. in the sprint end of things. Yeah. Um, but we've got a guy, Alexi uh, Sankov, who's tremendous 200 freestyle. He's really good in like fly and I am. And um, I'm just a big believer in a variety and training when you can. Right. So having a guy like Alexi plugged in and then we actually show Alexi like, all right, here's your plan for the week. This is what we're thinking. You allow for some feedback and, um, you know, now, right now, the real challenge, I think, um, like for the start of the job is COVID, right? Like we can't, like, we can't really meet with the kids one-on-one in an office, mm. right? They want us masked up. They want us outside socially distanced They're, You know, we're right now in a stay at home order with Los Angeles. Mm. So unless they're at practice, they need to be in their house. So, um, it's been a little slow going this year because those goal meetings and those sit downs with the kids are like, Hey, what is your goal, right? What, what is the goal? What are you in your head? What are your two or three best events? You know, how do we get you there? Um, a guy with Alexi, um, you know, he, he's also got some international goals, right? He's got, um, you mm-hmm. know, the Salonikov cup in a couple of weeks and he's got some, so making sure we know his schedule and how we're communicating like that. So, you know, as a head coach at USC, you, you know, you become more of a CEO. That's, I mean, and you, Mm-hmm. You have to maybe give up control of like some day-to-day stuff um, to make sure that you all your pieces, right, are in the right place. And then the, the big thing too is also evaluating your talent. You know, I think when you walk into a program, you have 60 athletes. Um, not only do you have 60 athletes, you've got, you know, five assistant coaches, you've got a diving program, um, you've got a strength coach, you've got your athletic trainer, uh, you've got your nutritionist, you've got your um, academic advisors, and so having that relationship with all those people um, and making sure they know your schedule, it's a challenge, right? But I think that's, that's, I think, part of the art of being successful because, you know, I can also learn a lot from our academic advisor about how someone is doing in school, right? Um, but I also may find out, like, you know, they've been late a couple of times to their tutor or they, they don't seem as involved, like, when we have a tutor, you know, and that's a good moment to really connect with, like, a freshman, Right you have a freshman come in and say, Hey, I heard you were five minutes later. You're 10 minutes late to your tutor. What's that about? It's like, Oh, sorry, coach. I forgot. Or, you know, I had this thing or, you know, I'm sorry. I'm having a tough time. My girlfriend just broke up with me. And that's where you have to piece those relationships, right? You, you learn to use a strength coach, right? Like, uh, Hey, so-and-so look really great. Um, but they're not translating to the pool. Like how do, how do you work that out and translate that? So, yeah. I think the relationship piece is huge. That's good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to trust other people too. And that's yeah. always the, I don't know how you were at Auburn, but you know, like 
you're on a trip and you're in vans, right? And I yeah. think some of the greatest coaching or some of the great moments are in a 12 passenger van with your athletes and they're just talking and, and they're just being themselves Yeah. and having your assistant coaches, you know, being in tune with a vibe um, or what's going on with maybe the, how's that group of women doing? Like, well, I think we need to sit down and talk with the team a little bit because there's some drama or there's some issues going on. Yeah, no, it's really important to to surround yourself with with a staff that you know you can trust on many different levels. You know, yeah. in the pool and out of the pool, and communication is is key. Um, one of the things that your all the programs deal with is um, competition within your own little sector, right? Like at Auburn, it was always we were competing against Alabama, which was just down the road, obviously, um, and then you know within the sec we had georgia which was pretty close to us as well um so how do you how do you view your opposition within california and how do you what's the separation with your program that you think like when i was recruiting at auburn i had to find differences between the people within our region you know what are the differences i mean lee's coach at stanford so you guys are obviously going after the same athletes so in terms of recruiting what do you think of the program separators for you? What are the things that you guys are selling about USC that make you unique? You think? Yeah. I mean, and, and we're fortunate because we do have great competitive, like we have, you know, we have the reigning national champion women and the reigning national champion men. Right. So like the bar, like literally like the standard is, I mean, you're up against it and yeah. um, water polo here a couple of years ago had run off six national championships. Now men's water polo is a much smaller, right? We don't have to contend with the sec or the big 10 or anything like that. Um, but I think the great advice the water polo coach had ever given us is like, look, you just need to beat two, two or three schools in recruiting and they're on the West coast. You beat yeah. them in recruiting. Sure. Um, and you're going to be on your way uh, because it starts with recruiting, right? That's, that's the, you have to have talent. Mm -hmm. You've got to be good at identifying talent. Um, I think what separates apart one is um, geography. Obviously I think that Los Angeles is a very is, is an amazing city. You're, I mean, you're here now, you're just starting to scratch the surface, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Los Angeles, you have Hollywood, you've got the Lakers, the Dodgers, you've got a great sports town, beautiful beach beaches. Town. You got the beaches and you have to like in recruiting, like you, you have to find someone who just, really wants that that vibrant uh lifestyle and the diverse life i mean you have people of all walks of life all colors all you know all everything everybody's here in los angeles mm -hmm. and uh, and then they're all they're all on the 405 freeway at the same time right so <laughs> um you you got to find someone who really wants to to embrace that right because i think there's a lot of great universities but a lot of them are kind of small or they're either a college town or they're you know they're this and this and USC is everything. We, we have it all. We are that great collegiate football team and we have mm -hmm. big game day Saturdays. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the other thing that really separates us is we're a top 20 university, right? And it, there's very few universities that are still climbing the ladder. I mean, if you look at the Ivy leagues or the, you know, you look at the top five, they're always just kind of like the top five, right? You have very few schools that are just plugging away, plugging away, you know, USC is in the top 20, and I think, you know, 10 years ago, they were probably like sitting at 29th or 30th in the, the world rankings. And the new president, Carol Folt, is committed to, you know, just keep climbing. So that's made admissions. You know, missions are a lot tougher and they just don't allow us to get anybody in. Right. So 
Um, I think what we're selling is that that ultimate combination of the elite academics, elite athletics, um, with a great tradition, but also a chance um, to get in with me, get on the ground floor, get in with you know Lee and Chase and Megan and Kevin and and Hong Ping's been here, but get in on the ground floor. Like we're 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 doing this is a kind of a reboot. Let's do it and come in with me and my staff and this team and you know, we're going to do this together. You have a chance to really be a part of kind of something new. Yeah. Awesome. I love it, man. Um, in terms of where you feel like the team is at right now and, and I mean, what are you guys looking at in terms of growth where you're looking in terms of growth, where are you at right now? And what do you, what do you need to get better? You know, I, I think where we're at, you know, I, I, I joke with the, we're right where we need to be. I mean, this is, this is a weird year. You know, I think everyone's, everyone's got different struggles this year. You know, I think, yeah. you know, I think even if you didn't have a break, right, I know there's some teams that have been training since June, I think they're probably still battling their own struggles. So, you know, I think we're right where we need to be because in this year, um, you know, mental health is, is a big, you know, is a big deal. And I think you, that's, that's kind of the, the, one of the most forefront of these kids that yeah. swimming has been such a big part of life that was stripped away you know, so coming in, like, you know, you know, practices might be a little more of a grind than they used to be, or there's just other things pulling, you know, and, and I think, um, you know, right now, what we're trying to really create is a, is a culture of, of really hard work and determination, right? You've got to work hard on that. You know, you, you look at the background of my, you know, you mentioned Lenny and Eric and Katink. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about like just the the amount of work they put in to be as good as a, you know, um, I was yeah. fortunate. I, I was able to watch Katinka grow from a freshman to a senior. And now she's the iron lady and, and how much work and how determined she really was. Um, you know, I think like Lenny was like on his like last shoulder, you know, his last mm-hmm. Olympics. Um, and so that's really where we're at. We're just about, you know, um, not grinding. We just want to work hard. Like we want to, we want to believe that no one is going to outwork us. Right no one is going to outfitness us. And I think that's been the mantra for my fall has been, we're not going to, we're not going to lift our head up until January. Um, I, we started that early as like, look, our fall, um, we're going to have our head down and teams will be putting up fast times. And we're not looking up from the black line until January because we, we were going to put in some work and we're going to determine um, the, the teams are really determined to be really, really good this year. It d- doesn't matter where we started. We started October 1st. And we've just kind of like, you know what, that doesn't matter. Like we're going to, we're determined to be really good. Um, so that, those are kind of some of the things where we're, and we're looking, you know, you, to your greater question of what we're really looking for is um, we're looking for really dependable athletes, right? Ones we can depend on every day, every practice, people who are really consistent and, you know, it's, can we count on you in the relay? You know, can we count on you when the chips are down? Can we count on you? When we're in a dual meet in January and it's cold, it's rainy. Can you step up? Um, but not only that, can you be dependable on a Saturday morning practice? You know, can we depend on you to show up, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of a week when it's been tough and can you throw down one more time? Can you pull somebody with you? Can you, can you bring somebody? Um, we have a lot of great swimmers, right? But I think real greatness is when you bring the other people around you, you know, you look at, you know, what made Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or what makes LeBron great you know, is like in every, every team LeBron's been a part of, he, he just seems to like all the guys seem to do really, really well around him. Right. Supremely talented, but uh, LeBron brings people with them. And, yeah. and that's what we're trying to find is people who can really, you know, bring each other to 
to the, to the promised land as we like to, like to say. That's good stuff. I mean, just in terms of the recruiting process, it's, it's always changed. It's always evolving. <laughs> I mean, I, I left, I left a couple of years ago and it's different now already. So yeah. Um, just kind of hit on the major spots of recruiting in terms of like, let's say, let's say, um, you know, some kids in high school are watching this right now. Some parents are watching this. What's the processes, uh, in terms of each year to get to ultimately swim at USC? Well, now they're sophomores and we, we've got to be talking, you know, it's like now it's just, just jumped up. So really, um, I think a couple of, a couple of things, right. Like you've got to be good. Like that's that you got to put the work in and, and um, you know, and it's hard, right. Cause I think you have a lot of men out there that a lot of boys, right. Who are maybe 15 or 16 and um, you know, they're probably six, five and a buck 30 or a buck 40 and maybe haven't lifted a weight. And um, I think a lot of kids have to be really conscious of kind of selling themselves, selling their story um, and really what makes them unique. Like one of the things we're always looking for, obviously we're looking for talent, right. But like, how, how do you, in, how do you make USC better? Like, what about you is going to make us better? Um, Cause there's probably, you know, what, five or six kids in the 50 all the way up to the mile every year that we're all fighting over. And each one has a unique story. Um, but what kid is going to come in and be the ultimate teammate who, who wants to win a national championship. That's what we're trying to do here at USC. That's, that's the bar that USC is the national championship. Right. And I think the, um, what kid is, is looking for that? What kid wants to come in and just fight for every, every, every stroke and who's going to be tough. Um, and I think as a, as a parent, you know, you know, as much as I would love a parent to be involved, like we like to get to know their parents. We want to know where the kids are coming from and things like that. But I think you should let your athlete handle a lot of the recruiting, right? I think it's mm-hmm. important to have on a couple calls, right? Especially the kids are young, 15, 16 now, like, you got to have the parents involved pretty early. Um, but I think the parents can do a really good job of helping the, the recruit, right? Like talk to the coaches. And, and when you're done a call with a coach or with a group of coaches, uh, you know, really debrief, like, you know, what do you think about that coach? What did you hear? Like, what were the values of that coach, right? What, what were your values of that program? Did you come away with just the sizzle? Like, oh, it's great you know, the weather's great, you know, the school is great, everything's great, great, great. Or did the coach get real with you, right? And I think that's, um, you know, I think having those not hard conversations, but having real honest conversations uh, with your recruit is like, you know, there's a good chance you don't make the travel roster. You know, there's a good chance your first two years, you may not make the Pac-12 team. You know, is that something you're willing to commit to? Or are you that competitive? You know, are you competitive enough to know that, if I have a lane and I got goggles and a cap on, I can fight my way to the front. I think you and I talked about this in practice, right? Is mm-hmm. can you fight your way to the front of the front of the lane? Because you're already at the front of your lane in your club, probably. If you're yeah. looking at a USC or top 10 program, you're probably at the front of the lane. And you know, when you get to college, the freshman a lot of times like get in the back of the lane, watch how we, you know, or you know, you you become uh, you know, you you kind of go back into that um that big aquarium, that big, that big ocean. Right. So I think that's also the, the, the parent conversation has got to be talking about being competitive. It's not just enough to be good. There's yeah. a lot of really good swimmers out there. You've got to be, and you've got to have fire to compete every day. Uh, you know, in my opinion. And then I think, um, then the other thing too, is also like from a, from a coach's standpoint is, um, 
you know, I, I think having that club relationship, that club coach relationship is, is probably more important than ever. Right. Um, we're getting a lot of kids being creative and they're taking videos of themselves in the backyard or we're doing a lot more videos and practices and the coaches are doing a good job of kind of filming and doing some suited up swims. And um, I think having that relationship with a club coach is really important. Um, Cause you know, for me at USC, like we do a lot of background, you know, we do a lot of background research on, on who we're getting and, and who we're coaching. And we want to know what they're like as a practice swimmer, what they're like as, you know, as a teammate, what they're like in the vans on team trips. I mean, we do a lot of that stuff because um, we feel like we, you know, especially, you know, if we're going to give a kid a pretty substantial scholarship, you know, we want to know what we're, we're getting for our money. That's actually a good, good point. Um, one of the toughest things for me as the head coach at Auburn was determining who gets what type of scholarship and figuring that out. Um, and it's always a tough conversation to have with, with a kid and their parents of like putting a value on um, a certain talent, you know, just to say, Oh, you're worth this or you're worth that. Whereas in football, it's like full scholarship or nothing, right. you know, and that's, that's what we wish we could do because the kids we're recruiting are just as talented or more as the football players. I mean, we're, we're recruiting or you're recruiting some of the, top five talent in the country. And that's, that's definitely a full scholarship on any football team. So it's like, come on, like, why am I putting a, a value on, Hey, you're worth 30% or 40%. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do and very uncomfortable conversations. So what's your philosophy on the scholarship issue? How do you deal with it? I mean, how do you, um, do you, do you converge or do you converse with um, your assistant coaches in terms of determining scholarship, or is this something that just comes from you alone? What's your philosophy on it? Well, and so, and just to your point too, before I, I mean, this year is even harder, right? Cause we're, we're recruiting class of 22. We also have the COVID. This is a free year, right? So a lot of our juniors and sophomores and freshmen, they may have another year of eligibility if they, if they want to pursue that. Right. And so, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a coach now looking at your junior rot or your whatever, and you're going, yeah, it would be nice to have another year with these, you know, so you're, you're having to like make this, I mean, our spreadsheets have been blown up essentially, yeah. essentially, because it's like, you're, you're trying to like, all right, predict the future, who's going to be here. Um, but to your original questions, like, yeah, we definitely have, um, I think a good, a good uh, book to read and for recruiting is Moneyball. I don't know if you've ever read that. It's a, it was a fun movie, right? Um, saw the movie, yeah. Yeah. The movie, the, the book Moneyball, it, it gets, gets into the analytics of baseball, right. And how that, that birth of analytics came out of the Oakland A's and um, you know, like, and how your eyes can often deceive you, right. You, you see a swim or you see, you see somebody walking across it six feet tall, you know, long and lean. And you're like, that's the swimmer. Right. Um, and you, you let your eyes almost, you know, um, deceive you or you, you stop doing your, you look at some of the statistics, right? So a lot of things we look at, we look at time progression, right? We look at USA Swimming keeps track of all your times. And one of the things we do is we go deep into, okay, where was this kid? They're right now, they're here. Where were they for the last three years? What kind of time jumps have they made? Um, and there's a lot of like, okay, can you project you know, if this, if this trend continues, where does it lead you? Right. So there's, there's that mathematical. It's another thing. Uh, also, another thing yeah, COVID has screwed up. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> so you think about the kids in some of these kids haven't, I, I was actually, um, I was on the phone last night and um, there's some big meets coming up this weekend. Mm. And, 
you know, I asked this one, I was like, when's the last time you swam like a really fast, like, oh, it's been like eight months, coach. I haven't yeah. swam a yards meet, like yeah. really. Yeah. And think about for a boy who's 16 or seven, like that jump from 16 to 17 for, for a guy, mm. it's huge, right? It's like, yeah. uh, I mean, how many, I don't know how many times at Auburn you signed a kid who was like, you know, 20.9 and they were like a walk on, they have their senior state meet and they're like 19.9. And as a coach, you're just like, yes, like, yeah. you know, and you're like, whoo. Yeah. Um, and how big that is for boy, you know, for men. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. And that's where we, we talk to the coaches and we just yeah. try to get one of the things um, I like to do. And this, this takes time, right. Cause you have to have a lot of relationships is if you know, coaches in the same LSC, right. So if you have a kid swimming in, you know, out in the Midwest and you know, their club coach and they, they tell you, but if you know another coach really well in that same LSC, like, Hey, what is your impression of, of this swimmer? They're like, when you, when you like, have you ever done a zone meet? Cause a lot of these kids do zone meets and, you just never know, right? There's always like a, a third person that like, like, well, I don't know that kid. Last time I saw them, they got out and throwing their goggles around and mm. were, you know, and you just, um, I don't know how much we go in it, but we, we do our research. Um, yeah. and at the end of the day, the, the assistant coaches are all like, you know, you probably remember this Auburn, like everyone's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're like, you close the doors. Like, all right, get everyone, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I got to make a decision now. Then, then you make, then you make a decision. Then you have the call with the parents. And, um, you know, I, I learned, uh, from development in, in, uh, when you ask for money, I think it's the same in scholarships, right. Is like you say everything you need to say, and then you make the offer and then you just shut up. Yeah. You don't, you don't say anything. Right. So in, in development, it's like everything you go into the ask, like if you were trying to get like a million dollars from somebody or whatever, you, you tell them all the great things. And you say, and we, and we need a million dollars. And then you don't say anything. Right. <laughs> and you just let the, it, cause then you can also watch the reaction too. Is like, all right, I've got 75%. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And then you just sit back and you, you kind of like, you see who's got a good poker face or you, you, you know, and the beauty of zoom that one thing, the great thing about COVID is it's, it's made these calls like these zoom calls or the, face like the FaceTimes are way bigger now. So you can actually see somebody like before it was on the phone, you're making this offer. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where you make an offer and it's like crickets. You're yeah. Like, silence. Whoops. <laughs> did, did I cut out? Did you hear me? Like, no, we heard you. We, heard, <laughs> yeah, we thought got maybe we heard you wrong or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a few of those for sure. I, I think, I don't, I think you meant to say full ride, not, uh, um, yeah. So What's yeah, your, uh, do, do you, do you allow athletes within your team to say, let's say, Hey, you're going to come in as a freshman on this and you can earn more as you go. Is that part of your philosophy? It is. It's tricky now though, because the NC2A and in, in, in the PAC 12, we, we deal more with four year scholarships, right? So, um, and that's, that's part of, part of the reason was to make sure these athletes know, um, that they have a certain guaranteed amount, like you can't take it away from them. Right. Yeah, that, sure. that was maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that was more prevalent where you could say, you know, you haven't really performed. I'm going to take the scholarship away. Yeah. Uh, now it's, it's really hard to do that. And it's, I would say it's almost impossible mm-hmm. um, at a place like USC, which, you know, ultimately you don't want to be, ever be in that position, right? Like you want to do your homework and recruiting and be really happy with who you have um, and really develop that talent. But yeah, kids can always, I think for some reason or other, you know, I, there's always, there always seems to be either someone takes a semester off or maybe somebody retired or, 
Um, and we always try to reward because um, it is, is it, you know, I think a lot of kids and families extend themselves and they take yeah. a big risk. And yeah, I think you should reward that risk. You know, there's no, because you're, and I don't just think about it just on the team, right? I don't think about just that four years, you know, in, in 15 years or 20 years, when that, when that kid comes back for alumni, when that, that grown up comes back, um, I want, I want them to feel like they were appreciated. Like when they walk in the gate, sure. like it doesn't matter if they were a national champion or a walk on. It's like, I want them to feel like, you know, you were really appreciated during your four years. You were really appreciated. We loved your effort. You know, I think any chance you can, you can celebrate and, and scholarship is the easiest way, right? Money is the easiest way um, to reward and say, Hey, I, we really value what you're doing here. You know, I wish it was more. I think you probably had that. Like, I wish it could be more, but here's another ten thousand dollars. I hope you, you know, don't spend it all in one place. You know, what is the cost to go to USC now? Uh, I think if you're online, it's the total is seventy nine thousand. Okay, wow, it's not cheap, eh? Hey? <laughs> <Wow. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, and I, I'm, I, I suppose they can get academic scholarship as well. Is there a way to qualify for that? Yeah, the academic. There's academic. There's a really generous need based. I, I would put our need based. Um, okay financial aid uh, need-based uh, up there with as good as the Ivy Leagues or other private universities. I mean, we have a great endowment here. One of the, one of the things that makes USC uh, manageable um, is that almost every kid here is on some type of financial aid. So the need-based financial aid, USC actually last year, they, you know, when you, when you put your, all your information into the computer, they've taken out home values. Um, they don't count how, you know, cause if you live in California, home values are a little, little out of whack right so they don't they don't count home values um if your family makes under a certain threshold you're guaranteed tuition um so usc has made some really big strides in that area and so we're fortunate because when we're recruiting and people say they look at the price tag we can actually tell them like you know that's okay we're going to find a way to, we have athletes here on financial aid on scholarship we have we have we run the whole academic scholarships we have everything here yeah. And so USC really works with us in that regard. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Now what, what are the big programs uh, that the kids are going into at the school? Tell me where are most of your athletes headed into what field? Right now, I think on our men's team, the, the biggest major is uh, the, the college is the Marshall school of business. I mean, you have, you know, finance, economics, um, entrepreneurship. That's probably the most popular uh, the women, the women are a little more diverse. I mean, women, Marshall School of Business is very popular. Uh, we do have a pre-med health science track, um, you know, uh, which is also very popular. Um, on the med, we, on both sides, actually, engineering is always a draw. The, the, the College of Viterbi Engineering is one of the best engineering programs. And um, I don't know why it is, but for some reason, those classes work out really well with our practice schedule as well, too. So, um, and that's the beauty of a private university, a little smaller um, you know, it's when you go into a major, like you can actually get accepted into the business school as a freshman yeah. and you can actually start taking business classes as a freshman. So you're not being like, there's no weed out process. Once you get in, you're in and you go to the college of your choice. Um, the other thing USC really strongly encourages is uh, either a double major or a minor. We also have some certificate programs. So let's say you were an engineering major. Um, they would want you to really like, why don't you consider maybe uh, doing some accounting, doing some business or do something else with your major um, so that you can make yourself really, um, when you go out there to interview, like you just a little more dynamic, a little more diversified. So that's also a popular one. So 
but yeah, business engineering, sci health sciences is the, those are the big ones. And then we, okay. we run every other, you know, the other thing is also um, our Annenberg school of communications and sports broadcasts and journalism, you know, the, um, you know, TV and, and mm. um, that is also a big draw here in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. and, um, we actually have one of our alums, Ashley Brewer, uh, just was hosting Sports Center, and uh, she actually just she just graduated a few years ago, actually. But um, that broadcast journalism and, and those majors are really big here at USC as well, too. Awesome, man. Well, listen, uh, appreciate your time tonight. I know you're busy. We've been going for a good hour, so it's awesome. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's been, <laughs> been <laughs> going for a while. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect, man. It's awesome. Get, yeah. Um, listen, I, I appreciate you bringing me on as a volunteer. Get back on the pool deck again. That's been super cool to watch you guys work and just to get to know the team a little bit and and uh, get my feet wet again, as you say, back in the, the college scene. So I appreciate that. Well, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know if you have more time, but uh, I don't remember trials in Montreal 2012. Uh, I caught you in the warm down pool. And uh, I think I may have caught you in a moment of uh, we are, we've been losing. Uh, we, SC and Auburn were kind of in a similar place. And I started picking your brain about some team stuff. And you were really, um, I left that conversation going, that, that's a guy I, I really appreciated that conversation. And I, I felt like we became friends a little bit there. Yeah. And you shared some of your experience. I, and I was like, so the chance to get you back and, you know, you've been in some big time battles and, and mm -hmm. having you in the corner with me. And, and it's like having Lee is like having some heavyweights who've been in some big battles is just invaluable. And it's just, um, I'm really appreciative that you're here in LA and you're, you're willing to, you're willing to, willing to work for what we pay you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. Listen, man. Uh, look, I've always tried to be open and honest. And that's probably why I started this podcast is just because I enjoy the conversations, but um you know, I learned a lot of things at my time at Auburn and, and the struggles. And one thing I did learn for certain is you need great people around you, the people that you can trust and people that are just going to get out of your way at times and let you be the head coach. And and then other people that are going to pick you up when you fall and support you. And so, you know, I, I just try and be that for, for anyone. If I'm going to go into a situation, I, I want to like the people that I'm going in with. I, I want to be able to to trust them and I want to work with them. And, and you guys, you certainly have that team at USC for sure. But um, I, I want you to know that, that uh, you're the head coach and you're doing a fantastic job and I support <laughs> you. And I'm just, uh, I'm just there to be a cheerleader at times. So I appreciate it, mate. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Brett, thanks for having me on, man. Yep. Thank you.